Hello and welcome to The Sipping Point, the whiskey podcast where we ask the whisk what, the whisk where and the whisk who as we go on another dream dramming experience with a guest as they sample three drams along with our whiskey goblin, Angus Coots. All right. I am your master blender, Cameron Hobbs. Angus! It's been a. It's been too long. It has been. It has been. We've been. Uh, we've been busy boys. Life has got in the way. We've both been to America. We have. Uh, we've both sampled some of their local delicacies. Yeah, I always make a point of having a bourbon flight when I'm over there. I go in a bar, they offer a bourbon flight. I'll take one. It's all this. I, you could literally any. It could just be three makers in front of me. Yes, indeed, it could be. Um, and I did something very similar. I was sampling some Angel's Envy because I was in Louisville. Uh, had to get the pronunciation of that place right. Louisville would be typically what would roll off your tongue. Yeah. But speaking to the locals, it's much more Sylvester Stallone, much more Louisville. So yeah. you keep that in your, in your mind. where they make baseball bats. Absolutely. Slugger Field was there. Yeah. So, And I got to go to Churchill Downs where they run the Kentucky Derby. Saw a couple of races. It's, it's always a weird thing when it comes to Kentucky. I keep forgetting this until I watch it, but uh, Goldfinger is mostly, the James Bond movie is mostly set in Kentucky. Really? <laughs> so most of it happens. They're all drinking mint juleps and uh, got horses racing about. Yeah, it's on It's on Goldfinger's ranch is where the, that very famous scene where he cuts them in half of the laser or doesn't in the ah. end. Spoilers if you've not seen Goldfinger. And, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, we are back together again. We've got another three drams. We've got another guest coming up, so we're going to get straight back into it. We're sorry we've been away, but here for episode 10, delighted to be welcomed by former Sky Sports presenter and head of comms at Scotland Cricket, Charles Patterson. Hi, everyone. It's, uh, it's just Angus here on my own. Uh, this is the first time I've ever got to do this, so uh, I've got full control. Let's talk about the trans agenda. No, um, let's uh, talk about the whiskies that we're going to be drinking on the podcast tonight. Uh, we have got the Douglas Wang's Big Pete. Um, we've got the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society 72113 Milton Duff. It's uh, called a Fruity and Floral with Faint Fizz. And we have Tenjaku. Japanese whiskey. Very excited to have that. Um, yeah, enjoy. So, Charles Parson, absolutely delighted to welcome you to the Sipping Point Snug, first of all. Thank you. We talked at the top there, obviously spent a lot of time with Sky Sports, now head of comms at Scottish Cricket. Mm. How is that going for you? Interesting. Yeah. It's the only way to describe it. Um I've joined an organization that's changing a lot at the moment. Um, there's, we're actively changing our strategy. We're, we're looking forward to trying to really boost the sport in this country, raise its profile. I think the profile's been pretty poor, if I'm being frank, over the last wee while. Um, our international teams have done really well, but mm. I mean, there's so much potential in the sport uh, in this country. There's so many different people who play. It's a really diverse sport. We think that there could be more people playing cricket in this country than rugby. So we need to go out and show that and prove it. And we need to give the game a bit of a boost. And there's a, there's a big plan and there's a lot of work to do. Um, but it's been really, really enjoyable. It's a, it's a real change for me to kind of get in and get my, get my hands dirty and try and, and make things better and get more kids involved and get more women playing and get the profile of the sport up. So I've, I've been loving it. It's been fantastic. Were you involved with it when they were, when Scotland were going for the World Cup and what did they beat someone quite bit? My knowledge of cricket is this earlier so in the bad. year? Yes. Yeah, they beat someone in the yeah. West Indies or was it? Yeah, they beat the West Indies. And then Indies. lost immediately to like the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was the playoff game in, yeah. in July and I was uh, I was I was on holiday at the time in 
and I was standing on the beach updating my phone because right. I wasn't out at this qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe, um, but I was in contact with the guys out there and I was refreshing, refreshing the phone because yeah. I couldn't get a live stream because in Croatia, they're not that interested in cricket. <laughs> Weird. And, <laughs> uh, funnily that. Um, and it was incredibly stressful. And for about an afternoon, I was totally useless to the rest of my family. And it was a real shame because they put so much effort into it. And they, yeah, they, yeah, they beat great results. They, like yeah, real great results. They beat the West Indies. They beat Zimbabwe. Um, they, 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 you know, they, 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 they beat all the teams that they should have done and then they beat some more and they were punching above their weight. And mm. yeah, and then there was a guy who played for, who plays for the Netherlands who just had an amazing innings and took it away from them. And actually, as we're speaking, you know, the World Cup has just kicked off in India and um, there'll be a great tournament over seven weeks and the Netherlands are there and we're sitting at home watching it and you're mm. thinking, well, what might have been? But that's a great window into what the sport can be because it's a massive sport. Second yeah. biggest sport in the world. Yeah. I mean, After football, soccer, if you're in the mm. US, but we're, we're really good at it. Biggest, yeah. Given the size of us as a country, we're really good at it. At the men's elite level, we're really good. The women's team are, are coming up. The mm. under-19 women were at the World Cup earlier this year. And the men's under-19 have qualified for the World Cup, which is coming up in January um, in Sri Lanka. And they're playing England in that. So there's there's loads to get behind. But here at grassroots level, I don't think we've not we've not treated it perhaps the way we, we, we ought to and give it the profile. So we need to give it a bit of a boost. And a winning Scotland team always helps with that. And yeah. we have qualified for the T20 World Cup next year. In the West Indies. In the West Indies and also in parts mm. of America. So mm. like it, some of the games will be played in New York. I that don't think we know yet who will be playing there. But they're purposely building a 34,000 seater temporary stadium for it. Like... It's, it is a big deal, and it's a big deal in the US. Well, I was over there recently, and it was on the news almost every day that it was coming to New York. Yeah, yeah. They, they see care. it as a huge growth market. Yeah. I think the uh, in the ICC, um, the, the guys that run cricket, they see the America as the next big growth market. And, you know, <laughs> you speak to people who don't understand the sport, and you, you tell them, well, it's like baseball and rounders, but it's a lot better yeah. and it's a lot more skillful. So I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure about that. So I, I like baseball, right? Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, my team. And um, I saw a video once where baseball players, when they were doing the, the series in London, got given cricket bats and seen what they could do with it. And oh my God, they absolutely smoked those balls. Aye, I know. But the, the ball in base in baseball, of course, is flying through the air. It's not hitting the deck. And yeah, coming back up, it's not moving off the seam. I think they it's gave not, them a full on like yeah. they gave them a cricket hit, and they they were just crunching them. Mm. There was certainly content as well with Ali Evans, who played for Scotland yep. with the Tennessee Titans yes. when they were in the UK, and he was sort of teaching them how to play cricket. And I think I think the thing that's is most interesting when you do these cross sport things, everyone talks a great game and then they try the other sport and they go, actually, do you know what? That was a lot harder than it. Mm. And I think it's it, true of me. I've been to the cricket recently. Mm. Uh, really enjoyed it. Great day out. The uh, game against Ireland helped that Scotland won. But lovely day down at the Grange in Stockbridge. Lovely sunnies. Sunday, yeah. a bit of a boozy event as well. You can sit and have a few drinks. It's a nice <laughs> it's atmosphere. It's great fun. It is good fun. It's good fun. It's it's a it's a sport. And, and I think baseball's got a similar thing for me. 
watching baseball on the TV for me is not something I would particularly do. Oh, I love going to I think it's life. sleep inducing on the television. Oh, yeah. oh, it's, it's, background, <laughs> it's background sport for me. A lot of people you look up at. A lot of people don't like watching cricket on the My dad yeah. will get up yeah. in the middle of the night to watch the Ashes. Well, that's the thing. I would too back in the day. My father would as well. And there's something about the rivalry there and yeah. the, the atmosphere. I mean, you, we, you know, the Ryder Cup recently, we saw the atmosphere at that. The Ashes is very similar in terms of its atmosphere, the banter, the rivalry. The, there are some things in sport that are, you know, unquantifiable in terms of the, their experience. And the Ashes is one of them. I just think it's quite an interesting thing as well because, like, I'm of the opinion when it comes to sports, anyone but England. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a wee parochial chippy Scott, and like it's, it's where I find the fun in it. You know, like I don't have any hatred towards the English or like that, but my God, I like when they lose at sports. It's rivalry. But there's so many Scottish people, my dad included, and lots of others that will support England at cricket. in cricket. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I do too. I'm actually, you know, I've I've been to watch them uh, in in Manchester and in London back in the day with my father when I was younger and when they're in full flight it's terrific and to be at an Ashes test match is brilliant it's a great great day out as you were saying a fantastic experience but we have got as a team in Scotland in the men's and the women's uh, international sphere we've got full professional players um, now we've got top athletes mm. and they need that recognition and they need that support from the Scottish communities um, the, the government um, sponsors we're desperate for people to get involved in the sport um, at all levels and we can really raise a, you know the profile and the participation numbers but we need to put a lot of work into and, it and the market's huge the market yeah. potential is massive yeah grand ashes though desirable in sport less desirable in a whiskey flavoring note so <laughs> we move on to that uh, and we will talk about whiskey but before we do that angus this is a round number episode episode oh, yeah. numbers in uh, and we agreed early doors that we would do things differently Yep, I provided the whiskey for this one. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know what's coming. No, this is. Oh, I feel so good right now. <laughs> I feel oh. vulnerable. And then, what's your favorite whiskey? <laughs> My favorite whiskey. I I don't know. We'll we'll come to that when it comes time to discuss. I'm gonna it. I'm, I'm gonna rip, I'm gonna make you rip the absolute cunt out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my plan is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a Highland Park in here that I end up crashing. <laughs> it's abs- it's it's incidental. Um, but fine. So I don't know what's in the glass. I don't know what's in your glass, Charles. Have we got we the can, same thing? We've yes, got, we've all got the same right. thing. Okay. We can. I'm the only one that knows what it is. Oh, I feel like God right now. And taste as we okay. discuss, and then at the right. end, I'll still make the notes and I can recap what we've said. I've not smelt smelt it. I'm not tasting it. I'm just going to look at it just now. Like, I think it's stuck in. I think yeah. It, it's part of... Um, it's fruity. I, 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 oh, you, see, don't tell me that. See, <laughs> yeah. I, I, when see it's I, tough being in my position, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah but we just never want to say something about it, don't you? <laughs> You've got to... I, I, um, I When it's a whiskey I've not tasted or someone gives me something blind, I, I sometimes just study it before I even smell it because you can tell a lot about how, you, how it looks. Yeah. Um, and it, it's quite an experience I've always found. You know, just finding something like this for the for the first time. I, d- I don't take too many things in life, particularly spiritually, but I think, to, you know, pardon the pun, yes. there is something <laughs> a little bit spiritual about whiskey yes. in some there's, regards. There's a romanticism to it that I, yeah. I think it's one of the things that takes us all into it. Um, it's like when I do my whiskey tours, whiskey tastings, um, we give them droppers to put water into it. And I tell them straight at the start, I'm like, I never use that in the house. I'm never going to use a dropper in a bar. No. But, 
part of the joy of you've not had much whiskey before is adding a little bit of water, finding what a drop does, what two drops does. Mm. Uh, that's quite exciting. Oh, I love the way that Cam's just started looking at this. Oh, oh. guys, we're in for a treat tonight. Yeah. Um, now, normally, before before we start actually it's drinking, fruity. though, um, it, Cam would be leading the conversation, but he's he's forgotten his place. Um, what happens if he topples over? Well, there's a chance. <laughs> this is a this is a substantial drama. I'm going to say this is more generous than I normally for. What can I say? I'm a generous, generous person. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not working tomorrow. Indeed, isn't it just? Isn't it just? <laughs> but um, yeah, what is it that brought you into whiskey in the first place? When was, so, what was the first whiskey you ever had? <laughs> so the first whiskey I ever had, what um, when I knew it was whiskey. Or generally, the first whiskey I did. Oh, well, I'm interested in both so, answers. To no, that, no, no. Yeah. So there is the the old story of if you were a child of the late seventies, early eighties. Apparently, your your parents gave you a nip. Wouldn't be me. Yes. Um, <laughs> when to you know to make you go to sleep. I don't know whether that's true or not, and whether that happened in my household, but I suspect it might have done. Um, I do remember drinking something in my one of my best friend's houses when I was fifteen, and running upstairs to his bathroom and then it came all the way back up and i'm sure it was something along the lines of a bells or something pretty okay, pretty yeah. horrible yeah. and then i i actually got into whiskey in my early tw- 20s in a really really weird way um when i was at, when i was at uni I, I had two years of not doing very much work and doing a lot of um so we say socializing yeah um and a lot of that socializing included bourbon and I then realized that it wasn't very good for you. Uh, <laughs> and I then discovered Laphroaig. Oh, comes up more often than you yeah, think yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Laphroaig on ice, believe it or not. Yeah. I know. Oh, um, but then when you're, in a nightclub at one, but... <laughs> when you're in a nightclub at one in the morning, you don't really care. Yeah. And I found that I, A, had quite a good tolerance for this. B, and B I quite liked it. And C, there wasn't much else choice in, in a nightclub mm. that was whiskey. I mean, you see the Laphroaig 10 everywhere. Yeah. My taste buds are quite poor in terms of I need strong flavors to really stimulate them. I need something, if it's a cheese, it's going to be a really strong sort of punchy cheese or a a medium rare steak or something like that or a a really punchy Malbec red wine or something. So it's always been strong flavors and therefore Laphroaig with me like that. And I loved it and I still do love it. But then since then, yeah, and you, you know, you speak to a lot of people how, who say they get into whiskey and it's got to be something quite light and delicate to, to understand it. And then you, you, you explore deeper, richer flavors. I've gone from there backwards in some right. regards. So now I'm actually exploring things that are a little bit more delicate and a little bit okay. more nuanced. But I still love my punchy flavors and I still haven't tasted this yet. You're looking at me going, where's he going to taste I'm waiting, it? I'm waiting, I'm waiting. <laughs> Yeah, as Charles has an opportunity to taste that, I won't give away too much because what we like to do is um, get our guests to lead the conversation and then I can chip in with what I've got to say. Although this is the first time I've done this on this pod. But it's so funny about Laphroaig 10. Like, it genuinely is a theme. And it's because it is so prevalent. And it's it's a starting point for so many. And it can either be something that you immediately go, I like that. Or it's something that people go, nah, I'm not a whiskey fan purely because of Laphroaig. And the yeah. journey mm. sometimes will start five, six, seven years later when they taste something softer. And quite often people come back to Laphroaig and go, yeah. actually, I can drink that now and I really enjoy it. That well, was kind I, of it I, for me for Lagavulin. Like I, yeah. I, I came full circle on it. First time I had Lagavulin, I was like, that is absolutely awful, horrible stuff. Couldn't drink that. And then I kind of got into whiskey with Highland Park was the one that got me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, 
This yeah, is I'm, delicious. Okay. You like it, yeah? Love it. Yes, that's really nice. It's really, really It is good. very good with a with a splash of water in there. Like we want to be, you don't to be fanning about with uh, it's drips cask. and drops. It's I'm going to commit to it. It's, it's cask. It's cask. It's got some balls to it. Um, but it's it's got it's very round round. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. huge amounts of depth to it. It's lovely. I, I have got I own a, a square foot of Laphroaig, Pete. Of course, I think anyone that's ever bought a bottle is going. I've got mine as well. And in fact, very Cam, proud you're of the it. only person I know that's actually spent a fair bit of time. Did you ever go and visit your? I don't have one. You don't have one. I've never. So you've been you've been all the way to Ireland. You've never yeah. had one. You did. I've, you've bought Laphroaig before. You've I, never I've filled given, out the form on web on the line. I gave them to my wife, and she's got them, and they're in the middle of a forest, and we can't access it. So she's got them. Oh, that that would be annoying. If you if you register, so, so you can go and visit, collect you, your rent and everything. So when you drive out of Portellan, um, as if you're heading up the road to Ardbeg, mm. Laphroaig is the first one that you hit. Um, the distillery is on the right hand side. On the left hand side, there's a big open field, sheep in it. There's a hill behind it, and then to the right hand side, there's a big shrubby area full of trees and bushes, and it's inaccessible. And most of the plots are in this lovely accessible part of the land. And the ones that we have through my wife mm. are all in the middle of the trees. So Perfect. we can't go and see it. Oh. Because what they do is they give you little flags. Yes. And you can go yes. post your flag. Yeah, I've got a flag. Someone, yeah. I got a photo taken of mine. So it's great. <laughs> so I have a wee flag sitting in the ground in Isla. Brilliant. <laughs> and it's great when you and drive I, up, you see all the flags. You see people out there planting it. It's we great. went, uh, my wife and I went to Isla the year after we were married, um, before children. And um, we, we booked a very last minute sort of week away in June and wow. great week great Fanta- time to visit fantastic Island. it was the week after the whiskey festival yeah. and right. um, the island was deserted and everybody had either run out of money or was asleep or drunk <laughs> um, great fun um, we went and I did the Lafroyc tour went to Ardbeg and had lunch there and I just got driven around by my wife it was brilliant great. we played golf on the Macri yeah. um, and I had a driver for five days it was great um, that's the way she because she doesn't like whiskey but she was quite happy to drive around with me and um we went to the brucladi distillery which was right next to where we were staying and then we went to the one at kilcoman which had mm-hmm. opened only a few years before and they do their own barley i think yeah, yeah. They do at kilcoman too. and we went to the beat the beach beyond kilcoman sensational absolutely amazing place unreal um, don't go in the water because the riptides are wild. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. go in the water. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. You will walk the beach water. by yourself on a beautiful day. There's it's just no day. It's massive. Absolutely. It's stunning. Fabulous week. Yeah. And so we've never been back. And I'd love to go back now, um, maybe 10, 15 years later. And, I've never been. And go and see my plot. So, and the golf yeah. course has been completely redesigned. Yeah. So I need to go back and play it again. A lot of golf and whiskey bros when you go to Isla. <sighs> we haven't talked there. about my most recent trip over on the ferry, have we? With the Aston Martin tr- tour. No. No. So <laughs> we're off on a tangent already. Um, off to Isla on the boat. And what I love about Isla, I, I love Sky and I tended to go up there, but it's such a drive from Edinburgh. It's six hours and it's, it's driving. It's filled with Americans. Yeah, there's no break. You get up there, it's full of tourists. I love it. So it's beautiful. Isla for me is great because it's about three and a bit hours from Edinburgh to Kenna Craig. And then you get to drive on a boat, get off and walk about and look at all the scenery. Hmm. As the driver, you're not suffering. You know, it's not hmm. nearly as bad. We got onto the boat and uh, on the boat with us was a collection of at least 16 Aston Martins. Hmm. Um, wow. All of them with numbers on the side and the Skyfall tour. Right. Ah, so, like, fine. <laughs> so we Googled it. Do, 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 do. And it's one of these paid for tours organized by a centralized 
company. Uh, and all these Aston Martin owners get together and drive around the whole of the UK. And part of that was a one-night overnight stay in Isla at the Macri Hotel, which nice. is stunning. Yeah. I mean, it's a five-star hotel, spa golf course. Oh. It's Beautiful. It, when I went there, it was in receivership, and there were oh, really, sheep. yeah, and they were. It was pretty much shut up, oh. and there were sheep standing in the, the courtyard. God. And we played the course, and there was nobody there because they were in administration oh, wow. at the well, time. It's not like that now. So I need to go back. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's whiskey, bro, and it's gold. There is a part of me that just like I mean, I know some of that's good, but I mean, I'm from the Highlands, and there's stuff like the Skyfall kind of stuff where the, the Skyfall Road is now called that on Google Maps, and it's like. <laughs> And going and going and going on things like that annoys me because my like, fucking learn how to go on holiday by yourself, man. You don't need to you don't need some company to tell you where to go and where you're staying. Ugh. So I, I I wholeheartedly agree, but I have to admit we clung to this group on the boat and I did it intentionally because I knew the, the chat was going to be sensational and it did not disappoint. Um a number of different conversations, including chat about how long do you think it takes the grapes to come from South Africa onto the shelves of Sainsbury's as they're all regaling from these stories. That's a good conversation. Heard from the vineyards they visited. My favourite was they compared shark experiences and they all had shark experiences, including one guy at the end who said that, opened up and said, do you know that James Bond actually saved me from a shark because I'd watched it and knew that it didn't like bubbles, so I blew bubbles at the shark and it went away. It's like, this is the most ridiculous conversation <laughs> I've ever in my life. <laughs> Biggest load of... And, and, and do you know what? I hope they are listening. Biggest load of bell ends I've ever shared <laughs> a boat with, but the conversation was magnificent. And then when we got off the boat, we were like, someone playing music and sure enough the front car had loudspeakers on it and they were playing the Adele music from the film Skyfall full blast coming off the boat so they could all drive off together and they all oh, in convoy that, yeah they're in convoy because you come oh. off and there's only one road right there's only one road to Bowmore, mm. and then you come out of that and you go to the Macri before you hit Port Ellen and it's on the right hand side and they were in convoy and they're all overtaken on these tiny little roads like a bunch of absolute knobheads um, and it was yeah they, they were tools but they were hilarious I bet they're having a good time. Although that conversation about how long it takes from the grapes in South Africa to Sainsbury's, I like conversation with that. How many... Six weeks, by the way. How many acres of barley do you think you've drank? Oh, jeez. In, in my life? I mean, how many glass? how many acres of barley go into a bottle of whiskey? Or how much barley does it take? And how That's many acres is that? I don't know. And how much do you drink in your life? I mean, I mean, barley makes beer as well. It does. I, I think a lot. Like That's a field. Do you, <laughs> you think you've drank a field? A field of barley in my life. A whole field, just myself. It would be interesting to do the quantifiable mass and work out. It how, would be how much barley is in a pint. Yeah, yeah. how much barley is in in one bottle of whiskey? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know the answer? Yes, I do not. I'm right, asking okay. purely. I think I'd quite like to know one day. This. Let's get a guest that can tell us. Yeah, well, we'll find a distiller. Next Excellent. one will be a farmer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, delicious. You got into Lefroy. You like the heavier <laughs> stuff. Yeah. We need to build. This is all about building your dream drumming experience. Mm. So for the rest of this. What is your ultimate whiskey? What is the one that's in the glass for this dream experience? Um, that's really hard. It's difficult to kind of describe. It, uh, if, it, if there's not one particular one, you can you can create the concept of a whiskey. You can okay. talk about what it is rather than... Okay, so, Somebody so, once uh, said it was like asking like, your favourite child, but from what I know with... 
people who have multiple children, they do have a favorite. I've, okay. got, I've got two. You have a favorite, right? Yeah. Yeah. A favorite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say which one. one. No, they know. They know. They know. I'm well aware. I'm the favorite. They're, in my they're, they're, quite, they're quite young. I mean, I know I was definitely not the favorite child of my parents. I know that for a fact because uh, my sister got married earlier this year. And I'm definitely sure that I wasn't the favorite child. <laughs> so that all came out very quickly at the wedding. Um, my ideal whiskey. So... I'm looking at the one that you've poured us. So that's not my ideal color. It has to be, a, it needs to be darker, which generally would suggest it's sherried or in some way, shape or form or port or something like that in terms of its influence in the cask. I, I think the color matters a lot because um, notwithstanding if it's the wrong color, you do think it might be a certain kind of liquid that you don't want to drink. Um, but there's, that it's one of the reasons when I look at I, I, I do tend to try and look at a, a dram for some time before I actually drink it and just study it because I think you need to almost evaluate what 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 you want it to be before yeah. you drink it. Yeah. In some regards, you know, you quite often, if, especially if you go and do a blind tasting or you go somewhere and you try something you haven't had before, and you think, oh, this will be great, and sometimes it doesn't live up to your expectation. Yeah. Um. I'm I am well up for trying pretty much anything, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, there are some things I wouldn't try. There's been and I'll be I'll hold my hands up. There's been things I've thought I'm not drinking that crap, yeah, yeah. and actually it's turned out to be quite nice. Um, I profess to being purely straight down the road, single malt, and a lot of cask stuff a lot of the time. Um, but I wouldn't have a problem. I, I once got a bottle from a supermarket. Uh, I took to a, week, a weekend away with a couple of my pals and I'd forgotten to bring anything and I stopped at Tesco's at the bridge, fourth bridge on the way up to Pitlochry and I picked up a Tamna Vulan. My goodness me. It was like paint stripper. It was <laughs> <like> absolutely <laughs> horrific. But it looked really good. Yeah. And it had quite a cool bottle and it was a nice colour. I thought this would be alright lads. And then Are we were like, oh, make the editor whiskey cream. Is that Tam Vula or is that Tam Do that make that? I'm not sure. It's like a Scottish Baileys. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Tam Vula we've had on before as well, and it's a red wine finish, which I think is where the colour tends to come from. Uh, It's one for me that sometimes lacks a bit of punch, which, by the way, this doesn't lack. This is is really beautiful. Is there a supermarket special in here? Absolutely. There is. So one of the the three will be a supermarket special. All right, so it's three. So it's three drams. um, I don't think this is a supermarket special. At the end, (laughs) you'll rank them and you'll tell us which one you think is a supermarket. I agree. There's no... Are they all single malls? Or is, or could um, it be a blend? Could it be there's, there's, a five ninety nine uh, off the Cam shelf? Cam has job? spent so much time trying to fuck me <laughs> with these drams that I'm not saying a word. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> we'll this is, this is as, as a journalist, I tend to ask awkward questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> single, right? Well, so so we've still not determined what's in the glass then. So it's something sherry didn't pour. Some something that's that looks sherried and poor. It doesn't have to taste like that. It's, so got, it could, to have, it could, it's got to have punch. Punch. It's got to have depth. It's got to have. It's got to be good with really strong cheese and dark chocolate. A Dalmore cigar. Um, well, is painted or not? Depends on the day of the week. Okay, that's that's interesting. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I mean, so as, as that's as, for, that's my complete opinion on Pete as well. I love it. 
but it's not always my go-to. Just a wee go-to. hint of smoke. A hint of smoke sometimes A hint nice. of smoke's fantastic, but there's like, yeah. there's days where all I want is just heavy smoke and a there's days where I want real gentle sweet stuff toasted nuts okay a wee bit of toasted fruits or toasted nuts I I have a bit of a weakness at this time of year in particular I don't know whether it's because the nights are drawn in and there, Sunday nights there's some good things on the telly right between it. six and midnight <laughs> Um, but not if you're a fan of the Green Bay Packers this year. <laughs> or let's not go down there. Let's not go down. There. But it's quite good, especially when the my kids were much younger and they'd be in bed before eight o'clock. That I could um, settle down with like a mini cheese board and a couple of whiskeys. <laughs> and is that is that something you can still do actually? You know, when now you've got kids, are you able to still like um, get them down and then watch it? Or are you kind of no? Well, I'm actually my 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 boys are getting into watching it with me so would you watch the so six all you need to do is get them into cheese and whiskey and you've got the yeah. full set they like cheese but they don't, yeah, not so would you whiskey. have them watching the 6pm games and then bed usually what at the moment <laughs> the routine in our house is that uh, I watch Red Zone whilst doing the ironing that's right. kind of I'm not joking I'm, yeah that's fair I'm not joking I'm going to get dog's abuse for this um, in another dimension but um, <laughs> it's absolutely true that's and, fair enough and so my my youngest is a, a slightly diehard Jacksonville Jaguars fan um, how so he comes in in his Jacksonville Jaguars pajamas and says how are they getting on and for the last three years it's been they're losing again son <laughs> yeah. but now they're quite good they're, they're alright now they're so, alright um, good and my, and my eldest is a bit unsociable and just wants to read a book but I, there is something nice about watching watching sport in the evening when it's dark with a whiskey oh big time so the whiskey we've got for the rest of this journey is nondescript as it stands. It's got a lot of complexity to it. Is there anything that stands out that you want to take or are you quite happy to just go forward with a flavour? Um, I... Oh God, you've really put me on the spot yeah. here. This is hard. Yep. Because the problem is if I commit, then I might want to change. And that's fine because the drink dram tomorrow might be something totally different. Well, that's the thing. That's beauty of I, I like. Yeah, we're catching you at now. Yeah, well, now I would say, actually, this isn't too far. This, what we're drinking now, is not too far away from what I would be looking for at this moment. Okay. It's got to have, it's got to have a, a real sort of deep punch to it. And in terms of, if you want, uh, what, what are we saying for terms of a flavour? Almost a, 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 a chocolatey... Chocolate and sort of nuts and deep, not quite deep rich fruits, but sort of fruity stuff. But then that often lends itself to sherry. And I don't, I, I, I think there's ways that you can get or, or pour. And I think you can get whiskey that it's tastes like that without, yeah, yeah, yeah. without having to do that. Because sometimes then it's like, oh God, it's like Christmas cake. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's, and I think it's got to have a bit of smoke. It's got to have a bit of smoke or a bit of peat. Okay. Just I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of something that would fit into this space. Um, I mean, Ben Romick is maybe a bit too ben smoky. Ben uh, Some of the Buna having yeah. smoky stuff actually has got a lot of... The Balvenie like, Week of Peat. The Balvenie Week of Peat is also a very good one. Yep, I would agree with that. Highland Park, actually. I like Highland, Highland Park. Park. Yeah. I do like Highland Park. Um, the, probably the best whiskey I've ever tasted... And I've owned mm. um, is the the Lafroy Pedro Jimenez cask oh, that you get, yeah. which you can get in the airport. Yeah. And I remember buying that, and it disappeared in about oh, two weeks. And then I bought another one, 
because I asked my sister who's flying up from London to buy me a bottle. Speaking of uh, frogs, by the way, I'm just back from the States. Um, went to see some friends of mine out in Pennsylvania, uh, Will and Carla. If anyone's listening in Pennsylvania and you want to go buy some glass, go to their shop, Taylor Backus in Boyertown. Um, and we were in their house having dinner and I just saw on their, their shelf a bottle of Lafroy Cargeus. Oh. I was like, where Which did one? you? I was like, where did you get that? The one that you got me. Oh, really? The yeah. Exact same wow. one. I was like, where'd you get this? And it turns out their 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 daughter and her husband play. I mean, like, there's no way of saying this without making them sound like awful people, but they're really nice. Uh, they play competitive frisbee, ultimate That's frisbee. Not awful people. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they play for the United States, and they had their entire like Henry team. They've got a very serious team. They've got a fucking Quidditch team as well. Like, That's true. <laughs> they don't call it that anymore. It's called quad ball because they don't like J.K. Rowling. Quad. This ball. is we're going down a path. What? That That's right. Are we gonna are we gonna put our politics <laughs> on the the trans <laughs> <laughs> debate under the podcast? Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> this is Rewind terrible. No, 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 no. So they play frisbee. They play frisbee, and they had their entire team out at the their house. And one of the team brought it, and I was like, "Well, where did you get that ball?" And he's like, "Do you want a drown?" And I was like, "Well, if you're gonna open it, sure." Um, and they had they barely touched it. Neither, none of them liked it really. I, really I was like, "This is really nice." Uh, I'd brought a bottle of tomato that I picked up in the airport on the way over, uh, which nice. is another one of my favorites because I'm a wee parochial guy from Inverness, and Inverness-shire, <laughs> it's, it's the only distillery in Invernessshire tomato. Yeah, that's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah wild. But then quite a lot of Invernessshire covers Speyside, and then you're just over the border before you're hitting like Easter Ross and mm. Rosshire. It's still Highland, but it's just the, the actual that little portion of it that's classed as Invernessshire has one. Yeah. Right, we need to talk about what's in class number one. We've got the, yeah, the drama not, written not down. Not much it's, left, really. It's to be chocolatey, <laughs> it's nutty, with a bit of fruit, something like a Lafroig PX. Yeah, or yeah. the other, I was yeah. going to say the other um, most memorable whiskey I've drunk was the uh, Macallan Siena. Now, that's probably different. Well, I don't, I don't know, because I think that's really where I, I that's where I, I really began to fall in love with Sherry's stuff. So, so we, uh, I've got a funny story about that because we did, um, I went up uh, with one of my best pals up to Dufftown for the weekend. Uh, in fact, there was six of us because he it was his two brothers and three of us who were his ushers. It was ahead of his wedding. And his brother worked for um, Edrington at the time who owned McAllen. I don't know whether or not they're still... They still do. They still do, but he's away from Edrington anyway. So we got a, we got a behind-the-scenes guided tour of the McAllen distillery. And, um, That's an incredible thing again. Very They cool. have become Mont Disney. Yeah. it was, pre- And this is 2015, so quite a while ago now. Um, great fun, really, really mm. interesting, and I, I met, I, I met and fell in love with Sienna. So there you go. Um, didn't get divorced, but that was good. And then the other thing that happened on that weekend, and this is, I swear to God, one hundred percent true. We went to uh, an evening at um, Glenfiddich, not yeah. Glenfiddich. Yes, Glenfiddich, the one that's next to Balfini, the one they're owned by the Grant family. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, there was a whiskey cocktail art evening or some nonsense that we'd yeah. been invited to. And we get there a wee bit early and we go in and somebody met us and said, please come with us. And we, th- little did we know it was meant to be taking place in the building across the road from the actual distillery. We get led into the distillery, six of us, slightly bemused. We go in the door, through a passageway, along the corridor, up the stairs and into this amazing tasting room. 
And we're thinking, yeah. this is just a whiskey cocktails art evening, you know, just to, to sample some whiskey. This is all a bit over the top. The stills were right there. Right. And then there was a table laid for dinner. And sitting on the shelf just over there was every Glenfiddich you've ever seen, ripe for tasting. And then um, the, the guy who'd let us in said, um, gentlemen, could you please wait? Um, we'll go away and get Mr. Grant and uh, his associates. No. Yeah, this is. I swear to God, this is true. Did you so, hijack? So the six. So <laughs> this gets better. <laughs> Believe me, this gets better. So we were standing there for about a couple of minutes. We we're thinking, are we in the right place? And then uh, one of my friends goes, "Well, I think I might go and have a Glenfiddich thirty-year-old, seeing as it's sitting right there." Obviously. So off we went, and we all, you know, poured ourselves a wee dram. How do we look around this room for three or four minutes? And um, went over, had a look. Stills are down there. This and this is clearly the private room at the yeah. tasting room. And then we hear this these footsteps come up the stairs and this woman comes in, she goes, there you are, what are you doing in here? This is a private room. You're in the wrong place, we're across the street, you better come with us. So we all neck our whiskeys. I think I had a 25 year old wow. man at the time. <laughs> Off we went. Um, and as we go back down the stairs and out, we see another group of six men coming in, being led by somebody else. Um, and our guide for the whisk, uh, the cocktail evening, she said, hang on a minute. She went over, had a word with this guy who was leading these other six men in, <laughs> came back and she goes, you're in the wrong place. Those are the Mexican investors that are coming in to meet Mr. Grant. Wow. <laughs> Imagine he'd come in and you'd be there and it's like, uh, so my question was in what in what day did i look mexican <laughs> <laughs> so that is the best whiskey story that i've gotten ever involvement in but That's it's the wild. fact that someone thought i was like some rich dude from guadalajara yeah. it was ridiculous anyway that was the, that was the trip i met sierra from mccallan <laughs> very funny right drum number one yes what are you getting from it um, Give us the nose and the palate. Fruity, nose, not much left actually. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> yeah, some sort of, there's sort of spicy fruits in there. A little bit of, uh, it's, it's toasty, there's a bit of smoke. So I can taste something like, there's a bit of vanilla in there. Okay. A little bit of vanilla. You can, you can, you should genuinely can always smell a little bit of vanilla. Yeah, yeah. If you can't even miss it, generally, it's quite creamy. It's very, yeah. very beautifully rounded, though. It's so I much depth. I'm though. not gonna lie, that is the first time I've tasted it. Oh, is it? Okay. It's delicious. In fact, I'll tell you this right now. For all three, it's my first time tasting. Oh, right, okay, right. Absolutely. I opened delicious. bottles for this cam. Oh, that's lovely. Mainly because most of the bottles I've got in the house uh, don't have enough for three. <laughs> I, um, I mean, so for me, this is me committing for the first time. I get fruit on the nose, definitely. Mm. Really sweet up front. Um, at first I thought, is this a rum cask? Uh, I'm not sure it is now. If it is, it's subtle. Um, I think it's been a lot of, it's spent a lot of its time in bourbon. Um, it's strong. Definitely cast strength. Mm. It is subtly sweet mm. for me. Like there's sweetness, but there's something else. And I think it's maybe the spicy fruits you're talking about. Yeah. I got that as well. That uh, A spiciness to it that steals from the sweetness. I got custard and raisins. Was custard. I got a custardy, raisiny, pudding thing without... Because I, I don't think custard's that sweet. And a lot of people find it very sweet. I don't. Um, it's not quite like bread and butter pudding, but it's not far off. No. Um, I think it's... It's young wood. It's not an anything charred or anything like that. 
And then on the finish, I get chocolate. And I don't know if it's because you said the word chocolate. It's just, we were talking about it. It's more I white get, chocolate. I get if a it was real gonna little mm. chocolate bit at the end and almost bitterness. And I find it really dry. Dry is good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I was mm. getting that. Um, and chocolate, I was getting as well, to be yeah, honest. But then I, I, the I get chocolate quite a lot on mm. it. Like almost like a bitter chocolate, like a, like a raw chocolate kind of thing. Not yeah. uh, not your cat. It's not dairy milk, you know. But if I was to guess a region, I would put that in the Highlands. Yeah, Highlands. Okay, cool. But yeah, I've not done this before, so I'm a noob. Give me a distillery, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if I was doing distillery on it, oh, God, nah, we no. can play that. We can play that game later. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're definitely going to guess one of them, though. Right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm demanding a distillery from you. <laughs> right, we know roughly what's in the glass. We we have the concept of what's in the glass. We've first drank the first dram. We need to now move on to where we're going to drink it. We know roughly what's in the glass. Now it's time to talk about where you're going to drink it. So, Charles, uh, as we've got dram number two that... Angus has just poured for us, and good lord, there's something, there's something dead at the bottom of it. Also, this is not a, <laughs> this is not a, a video podcast. You can't see this, but I'm pouring healthy. Who's These measures? are the easily the biggest measures we've ever done on I, this podcast. I would say that they're not far off an inch. Yeah, th- there's going to be some <laughs> slurring by the time we get to the end of this. But part two of this is we need to talk to you about where you would drink your dram for your ultimate whiskey experience. Mm. So you know you can pick any location wherever um we know roughly the com- the complex whiskey that you've got but where do you want to drink it um somewhere outdoors okay um it's nice to be the, the thing about whiskey you've got it's you've got to drink it and you've got to make sure you keep it at its temperature so the danger with drinking it outdoors is it can get a bit chilly yeah um i uh i, I recently with one of my friends we we took our boys up ben lomond um in the summer and at the top he produced his hip flask and that was great because you know nice sunny day windswept you're top of the hill time for whiskey great fun um but i think this whiskey would be maybe on a beach okay with a a fire of some description early evening late summer um I've done a bit of bothying and a bit of camping. Oh, yeah. Something like that. These are the classics. Yeah. That's it is. I mean that's that's the place you do it because then it's your end of your day, you've you've you know, you've you've been cycling or I mean I've done a bit of bike packing as well and um stayed in a bothy. It's great fun to do that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day you need a reward, you know. Yeah. For you is a whiskey better tasted when it's a reward when you've earned it. Yeah. Um it's I mean it's as I said, it's lovely at the you know, at the end of an evening on a a weekend uh, where you're, you're settling down to watch something on the television. Um, winter time, Christmas time is great. You've got friends over and you're you're having a big three or four course dinner, and then the whiskey comes out at eleven o'clock. That's brilliant too, with friends. Um, we've got there's a bunch of us who live locally. A few f- local dads who are you know we're, we're quite into it. And we've 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 had barbecues and stuff like that, and produced the whiskey at nine o'clock and just gone in on into the late hours with the barbecue smoldering away. Yeah. That's it. And just to do that outdoors is brilliant. There was once we did that um, just after COVID, I think it was about um, February or March after COVID and they'd reintroduced these bloody restrictions. Oh God, yeah. And I was like, are we, are we allowed in the house or not? And we're like, <laughs> fuck it. 
Yeah. Who cares? And then we ended up sitting outside and it was a beautiful evening, but then it got really cold really quickly and we had the fire pit on and we were tasting three or four whiskeys. And they all just immediately just almost froze these things. So all the flavor got killed and, and all you yeah. could taste was the alcohol. Um, needless to say, none of us cared because we were seven yeah. gallons Already to gone, the, yeah. but I was like, God, that was a waste of an evening because actually there's some really nice whiskey there. We couldn't taste any of it. <laughs> so it's got to be outdoors, but it can't be too cold. It's got to be yeah. the right temperature. <laughs> and that's weird thing as well, because also I feel like whiskey's not like a really hot drink as well. Like I'm in, like I was over in Philadelphia couple weeks back and um it was 37 degrees yeah and i had a dram in the evening like night time but i was having one i was and it was yeah. doing it more like a, i'm on my holidays i will yeah. have a whiskey before i go to bed but most of it, i wanted to be drinking gin yeah that's you a, want something with a, ice hot yeah that's a hot <laughs> there's a reason that bud and bud light and all these light beers are so popular over there because you can drink loads of it it's cool and it cools you down it's it tastes of nothing yeah it's just it's just it's a different world like this um, is, is I, whiskey is an, an it is made for Scottish weather. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's an yeah. autumnal drink. It's a a, a late April seven seasons but in our one day. Summers drink. are still fine enough for whiskey. You know, like yeah. a, a Scottish summer isn't going to be too hot for whiskey. Yeah. Well, you know, in ten years' time, we might be living in forty-five degree temperatures. Well, that's it, yeah. But you hope it doesn't affect the whiskey trade and yeah. the, the way in which they make it. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's got to be outdoors for me and in a perfect world. We've got, we bought one during, again, the chaos of COVID, we bought a fire pit for our garden um, so we could entertain friends when they came well, over. And, and, and we do use do. it. And we sit, yeah. we do sit, me and the boys, we sit outside and we just, you know. Is some, this your solo stove? Uh, yeah. One of those. Yeah. Cool. S'mores. Sorry? Have you made some Yeah, we do s'mores, yeah. Class, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to take a moment. We are not sponsored by anybody, but if Solo Stove are listening, <laughs> uh, and they're not, um, I will say that, that you had an event in a January for your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to give away any yeah, yeah. You know, personal details. That's okay. Um, GDPR and all that. We had three Solo Stoves. There was three Solo Stoves, <laughs> and these are smokeless fire pits that was a uh, one for every 10 years of your life right absolutely struggled to get that third one <laughs> <laughs> um but genuinely these stoves are amazing because i've had fire pits before and you you light it you sit around it and for days you stink of fire pit but these solo stoves are tremendous not only is the heat better but genuinely you get no smell off it mm. there's no smoke it's just this glorious heat uh, and i got one i asked for one for my 40th when it came around and I, i've got one and unfortunately because you've of, had one for 15 years shut up um, <laughs> well i've not had the chance to use it as much as i was going to say want. your invite's not been in the post neither's mine <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, well, say, so, yeah. so um, we have just had our kitchen renovated uh, and we've added a, like a little elevated mm. platform that is going to be for people to come around and sit outside nice. at night and drink drinks. And I am so excited to get into it. We need to get a balustrade right now. It's just a death hazard waiting nah, to... No, 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 we've yeah. that dangerous. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what the French would do, right? Yeah. You'd be like, just, it's your own fault if you go over the edge. But genuinely cannot wait to get this stove, the solo stove. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, they're expensive, but I would genuinely say worth everything. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they, yeah. And they last for years. They're just like washing machines yes. with holes in the bottom. Yeah, they really drums, are. you know, they're fantastic. And actually just to yeah to sit out there with a whiskey and um and yeah s'mores proper marshmallows yeah. with yeah. like the chocolate biscuits 
Yeah. Go do chocolate biscuits. Yeah. So that's the thing. So yeah. like uh, in the States, they do it with uh, just crackers and that disgusting chocolate that they all love. Hershey's. No, Hershey's. No, it's not real chocolate. It's horrible. You know the you know the you know the chocolate butter biscuits you can get in Aldi. The ones that are like got dark chocolate on one side and the sort of like buttery biscuit on the other. No. Those are the oh they're amazing. And then you squish it together and then the chocolate because it's German chocolate. It's real proper chocolate. <sighs> and you give one of them to a nine-year-old and he's doing headstands in the garden. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. You talk about outdoors, beach, fire, what mm. have you. Is there anywhere in particular? Like a specific beach. A specific beach. Um, I was, we were just talking off, off air about um, the beaches at Arasig, which are fantastic. I was there the last summer. I'm heading up to Arasig Camus tomorrow. Darek. Fantastic beach. Um, I, I where was I? I? I went out a couple of years ago. Um, my sister and I we went up to um, Cape Wrath. Mm. We went to Durness, oh, right up top left, mm. top left hand corner of Scotland, as far as you can go. And we cycled to Cape Wrath. We did a bit of bike packing, and um, on the way back, we stayed in the Bothy on the beach, um, which is completely off the grid. And I can't remember for the life of me what this bothy's called. Um, it begins with a K. Anyway, it, or Kervig. Kervig okay. bothy. Kervig Beach. And literally, you come down off the path. The path from Cape Wrath back to civilization in Durness was made by the army. And it's the only place in the United Kingdom where you can drop bombs um, because that's where they practice. Wait, as in you can, isn't it? Like, uh, well, you and I, perhaps... <laughs> If that's yeah, I call it the, the, MO, the, the MOD, that's where the MOD practice. Right, okay. Anyway, and so there's only certain times of the week and certain times of the month that you can go out there um, as a hiker or on your bike. And uh, so we were out there and on the way back, and this road's like got potholes in it. It's horrendous. Um, and then we took a wee diversion down to the beach and Kervig Beach. The next stop is the Arctic. You look north, straight off, yeah. straight off the Arctic. And all there is down on this beach, it's a big, long, wide beach, huge couple of big sea stacks, and there's a bothy, and that's it. That's there's nice. nothing there. And this beach is immaculate. And it's the kind of thing that you see in dreams and in postcards. And we were the only ones there. Brilliant. So is it Kervig or Keravig? K-E-R-V-A-I-G, uh, I think. Bothy, Kervig Beach. Amazing. That's cool. Man. That's the place to go. So it's a good. It's Did one for one for the ticklers. Off or well, the M- MOD the fortunately weren't doing any bombing that day. Would you like to see a bomb going off? Are you there? As long as it's at a safe distance, would that enhance the experience or not? No, probably okay. not. Well, I tell you, no. this what, when I was younger, when I was 18, 19, 20, I uh, lived in the states. Uh, I lived in Maryland, and I worked as a sailing instructor. And we worked across the Chesapeake Bay on the eastern shore of the Bay, the Delmarva Peninsula across from the Aberdeen Proving Ground, Aberdeen, Maryland, where they test bombs. So I was teaching people how to sail, working on the bay, with just occasional explosions happening. Like, you wouldn't see anything. You can like, <laughs> you put them to smoke or actually explosion, but you heard massive booms all day. <laughs> that would be slightly unsettling. I yes, think. it would be. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I was really into it, man. Therein lies the difference in psyche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, what about drum number two? What yeah, let's just here? see what you boys think of this. Um, it tastes better than it smells. <laughs> I'm yeah. inclined to agree with that, to be honest. It's, yeah. It smells fit borderline undrinkable, but it, it's actually quite drinkable. It, I am going to stick my neck out, having not even drunk number three, and say that this might have come from 
uh, a certain high street supermarket. Uh, oh. oh, interesting. <laughs> so you think the supermarket one? Fine. Okay. Okay. It's and definitely a specific high street supermarket. Uh, no, I haven't got to that stage yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, to me, it smells. Um, it's definitely not as nice on the nose. It it, it smells very sort of thick and yeah. very peaty, smoky. Not whiskey-like at no. all. Not like you would smell it and not think whiskey. No. And then when you taste it, it doesn't... I don't feel like it has as much depth to it. Um, no, it's not. It's deep. not It's not for me, I'll be honest. And I do like a lot of things, but it's not for me. But it's quite... It's completely different to what we just tasted. Oh, yeah. Isn't neither of you have put any water in it at all? No, and I'm, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. Um, so, if I was to make a guess, and my guess is wrong, and I know it's wrong, the the whiskey I've had that's most like this is a Lindor's finished in an Oloroso. And I think that there is a... I think this is Oloroso sherry. Wow. I, I've put Lindor's on there because I think it's not very old. but there is something oily in there as well almost tarry like there's a there's a Kalila that I got from the Scottish Malt Whiskey Society and I've bought a few and I love a Kalila love it Mm -hmm. but there's one that I've got that's called Tarry Tarry Night like Tarry T-A-R-R-Y Night and it's like an oil the the tasting notes are like oily rag and all that kind of stuff and it really is it's really oily it's really difficult to drink it's it's actually the one whiskey I bring out to people who say I like anything. And Charles, at some point, I'll let you have a taste of this whiskey because I'll go people that are then. whiskey drinkers. No, no, I'll bring you. Some, <laughs> <All> right, <okay. laughs> You're a given. You've had so much of a whiskey. You can't ask for more. Um, but genuinely, it's one of those ones that. I want to like it, and I can't quite figure out why I don't. With this one, it's got similar sort of thing, but I think it's the Oloroso. Okay. And that's why I say Oloroso. I feel like when I have Oloroso whiskeys, they can be really dry, and there's a black currant in there, something fruity, but not sweet. It's a tang, not the sweet black currants, but the tangy ones that are a bit more difficult to eat. Mm. Um there's a there's something reminiscent of that. I can see why you think that. Yep. Okay. Taste of bed sheets. Bed sheets. Bed sheets. <laughs> no, like, it just it's like I love it. It's a great description. Yeah. It it, it feels like you've been sort of smacked in the mouth by a pillow. A by the way, it's interesting. You just said bed sheets, but we all know you mean dirty bed sheets. You don't mean you don't mean like fresh getting into a new bed. It's like. Bleh. Don't know. It's not something I, I, I'm, I'm naturally inclined to want to lock, lock my tongue around. I wouldn't ask you for a second dram, but I would go through one no bother at all. I don't think I've added water yet, so I'm going to try that. I'm not sure it needs it. The water it actually, doesn't taste it, strong. It, it smells and better I could be with water. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong. It doesn't taste like it's massively boozy. I wouldn't have said cast strength on that. Okay, I'm trying to pick mm. the distillery. It's, it, it's oh the water's really okay the water's really changed it much sweeter much more fruit still getting black currant it's better with water yeah black forest gatto cherries something claggy at the bottom of my mouth that'll be the best. I did say the I'll be the best. <laughs> yeah, 
I did say they'd be slurring by the end of this. These are hefty nips you're giving us Blackie. as well. You're welcome. Yeah. Black it smells this is fun, Cam. I actually it do this smells like often. something that I've got in my house, and I'm trying to think what it is. It's not. It's it is quite young, I think. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think it, it smells young. It, it definitely. I usually guess old. That's my usual thing. I was like, is this old? That's a very very common thing that I guess. Do you know what? Do you remember the episode with Maria Maria Lane? Maria Lane, yeah. Where you said it smelled and tasted like an abandoned house. Yes. It's got that. It's got a bit of that too. Musky, yeah, yeah, I see that, dusty, yeah. musky and dusty. It's yeah. been left a while, but I don't think it's old. I don't think it's been around. No, it's not been anything for a long time. But it's musky, mm. mothballs and suit, uh, an old suitcase that you've not opened in a while. I'm gonna let me say I don't like it. Okay, um, I wouldn't choose it if I knew it was there. Yeah. there's a couple that I've bought over the years and I know that they're there they're sitting on the shelf and you're like oh god I'm just looking at you going how do I get rid of you and I can either foister you on one of my unsuspecting friends when they yeah. come around for tea uh, this is guest really whiskies yeah guest whiskies <laughs> or I can just you know what I bought you I'm just going to suck it up and I'll have a wee nip just now just to get through that bottle I mean it takes a while <laughs> you're just going to kill it like that you know um, just look at it with annoyance I wish you See, were I'm a lucky that Lafroy. I live uh, with people that are functional alcoholics and have full-on <laughs> like social lives that you know, I don't have a wife or kids or anything like that. I've got flatmates. And people will come in and they'll be like, let's have a dram. And if I want to get rid of whiskey, have you tried this, boys? Mm. And then we'll get three big like hoose measures out of it. That's how we do. This smells of a Mortlach I've got in the house. Mortlach. Now that's interesting. Mortlach, one of my favourite whiskies. I mm. love it. Um, yeah. That was one of the uh, ones that we visited in Dufftown after the, the, Duff after, the, after the Mexican incident. That's um, not, a, that's good not fun, a nickname though. you want, though, is it? The Beast of Dufftown. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like some guy called Stevie yeah. that no one talks to in the pub. <laughs> yeah. But it's cracking yeah. whiskey. I love Mortlach. Have you ever been... To Dufftown, and you, have you ever seen any of these Dufftown, whiskey tours? I have that they never do? been, but well, it is a hundred percent like one of those kind of pilgrimage places I'm going to go to at some point. Like I, I think Dufftown is. If there. we can build this podcast big enough, we will do whiskey tours, right? And we'll the, do um, a trip to Speyside. We'll do one. We have to charge a lot. Cam, I'm no cheap man. So we'll uh, do one to Campbellton. I'm telling you, the, this um, is when um, it comes kick. to the whiskey industry, I'm top two, and I'm not number two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It's got to be high on the hit list. It's, it really does. It's it's quite an interesting experience seeing loads of people walking around with um, Glen Cairn glasses hanging from their necks. Oh, I love that. Love that. That's, <laughs> that's real New Orleans Mardi Gras kind yeah, of yeah, shit. Yeah. I love that. Right, okay. So we've drank dram number two. We know that it's going to be something chocolatey, nutty, fruity, something like a Laphroaig PX or a Macallan Sienna. And it's going to be drank outdoors on Kervig Beach with a fire in the early eve of a summer's night. Now we need to figure out who Charles is going to drink it with. So let's get Angus to whip out dram number three and we'll be back to do that. We roughly know what's in the glass and we know where we're drinking it. Now we need to figure out who we're drinking it with. And Angus has just poured the third and what seems to be the largest dram of the night. Once again, you're Good welcome. Lord. Is this how drunk you get on these podcasts normally? No, no, this is just a regular... 
Thursday night. <laughs> We're going for pints after this, right? God, yeah. Shots. <laughs> so, Charles, hmm. ultimately, this is a dramming experience. We know where you are and we know what you've got. Who are you with? Before you answer, can I hazard a guess that you would be with Cam and Paul Mitchell and Jamie Borthwick mm. and Ian Stephen mm. and everyone else on what I guess you could probably call our sister podcast. <laughs> Um, a, the NFL way. Scotland podcast, Ugly Sister podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. would you, would you have your co-host from the NFL Scotland well, podcast? Paul wouldn't be invited because he doesn't like whiskey. Doesn't drink. He'd be on. He'd be, he'd be on here. Yeah. Doesn't drink. He would. Um, he would politely decline. And he'd go be off sitting and, on the beach with a Coke Zero. He'd go off and watch baseball. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it's yeah. Whiskey is about friends. Mm. So we have um, very good friends who come over once a month. Um, to so when, when when you have kids your social life um completely changes in, in as much as you don't get out very much you yeah. get out to go out with the people that you you spent a lot of time with before children came along so what we did with two of our very good friends we said look why don't you come over to dinner at our house every you know once a month and so they do that they live on the other side of edinburgh and if we didn't put that in the diary then we wouldn't see them very often yeah. so they right. come over once every four or five weeks and we have dinner uh usually on a sunday night and we play cards we play canasta and we do and generally it ends up with whiskey at about 9 30 10 o'clock and this is a sunday night so it makes mondays slightly tricky um <laughs> if sometimes we rearrange for a saturday then it's a late one it's a proper proper oh, late yeah. one um and they're getting the early 90s yeah, bangers yeah, on youtube yeah it's good and um stuart um and graham actually both of them they're both quite into their into their whiskey and so they know where the cupboard is i've got a wee in in the house we we had an extension built in our house and it kind of opens out into an open plan modern day kitchen and then there's a, a cupboard where you keep all your crap when you've got a young yeah. family yeah. and right at the top they've built a wee shelf along the top and that's where all the bottles are and the only person that can reach them in the house is me which is great however i've had two boys who are growing quite quickly and when one of them reaches about 14 15 inevitably he's going to shoot up to about six foot tall yeah. then he'll be able to reach the bottles of whiskey and we're going to have to have a discussion before that happens about <laughs> what he's allowed to touch and what he's not allowed to touch. That's so when funny. I go in, it's great. So when I go in there at like half nine, we've had a nice meal and I'm like, right, okay, cupboard's open. What do you want? And it's all there. You can choose what you fancy. So that's funny because uh, you said what he's allowed to touch, what he's not, as in like some of this stuff, yes, steal and give to your friends. Some of the stuff. Um, and some of, off it, you can't, some of this is completely off limits. Yes. Because my sister did this. My, my, my dad, oh my God. I think he's listening to the pod now, so I think he'll hear it. He's going to be a guest one day as well, my dad. Um, <laughs> my sister stole a bottle of whiskey once out there, just as every child does, and her friend mixed it with a bottle of lemonade, and they drank it, and they got very drunk with it. I think it was worth about £700. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I think if he hears me even bring it up now, he's going to be real mad. <laughs> like, it, it puts him into a rage every single time he thinks about it. And like, What this were was, the repercussions of this then? I mean, she's 28 now, so like it was a while back and it's still very... I mean, I think she was grounded for... I think she's still grounded. Uh, she might <laughs> still be grounded. Um, but yeah, but the fact that you're like, some of these you can do that with. Yes. There like, has if to you're going to steal... If you're going to steal, don't steal any of them. Like the, yes. These ones are off limits. Like, please, like, they're really expensive. Um, mm. But you won't like them. You won't appreciate them. But if you're going to... Like, that, that's shite. That's, that's Glenn. Strike that. You'll be fine. Yes. It's, yeah. There are some, some things that should be allowed to be... You can turn a blind eye to. But it's all about having friends over. And I mean, what I was talking about, we, we've got a group of friends, a group of local fathers who do enjoy a whiskey or two. And it's 
that's part of the experience. It's what we're doing now, sitting and, and chatting. And actually, our next wee adventure is we're going to go down to the Port of Leith Distillery, actually. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, uh, it's, it's just opening up. Yeah. So we've booked for the last weekend in November. Um, and we're going to go down there, and I think it's a Saturday night, so that'll be a late one, I think. Yeah. Um, and we're looking forward. There's like six or seven of us going down, and we're going to do the tour, and who knows where we'll end up. And then up. the vaults. Then maybe the vaults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's nice and handy. So yeah. Port Leith Distillery to the Port Leith Bar. I know. Yeah. Yes. I've been in there a couple of times as well in deep no, dark days. There are no dancing on the bars anymore in no. there. They've, they've changed up there. We hipster bar now. Right. It's got to be. It has to be with. It's a sociable thing. It's a it is a bit it's a bit lonely and sad to be sitting there on your own watching your team get pumped in the fourth quarter while you're sitting nursing a whiskey at midnight. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know anyone who would do that. No, I've never done that. What can I say? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't I know. Spend you know, most you know both uh, support uh, two teams that have uh, not stopped no. winning. I mean, this by the time Four this episode comes out, that oh. might not be the case. That might not be the case. At the time of recording, it's only two teams in the NFL. I would say because between the time where we record and this goes out, my team plays the Cowboys and that's very much a defining uh, game for a lot of reasons so I'm not I the Eagles have the Rams he's, this weekend he's so. getting the excuses in I'm right. getting the excuses in yeah. we've got uh, we're playing a 7th round pick quarterback oh, don't we've go got there. no chance right um, Dak is ass but well. no I agree I think that whiskey for me and again we've talked about this numerous times this whole podcast is built on the premise of whiskey conversations mm. which is I love that idea of opening a cupboard and saying pick pick your poison mm. like what do you fancy tonight and and i think the the value in having a diverse whiskey selection means that tonight i fancy something a bit more space idea because actually i had something really savory for tea i need something sweet and then there's other yeah. times where the flip then you've had something really sweet and then you want uh, something smoky and peaty like what we've got now um and that's not a spoiler for drum number three because it's bloody oh, obviously smoky. Yeah. Do you know what though? It's very smooth. It's lovely. Yeah. This is my bag. I'll say that right yeah. now. This is much like my bag. One. It is because I, it's not a, a visual uh, podcast. It's very uh, pale. Just everyone knows it's very straw pale. It's, it's very grassy colored. Yeah. It's, it's it's the lightest. It looks of like the three. a Kalila. It smells yeah. like a Kalila. And I tastes think like? it tastes like a Kalila. Interesting. But it's actually Belgian. No <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a Kalila, I don't think it's, it's an Ardbeg. I'm and not it'll sure. Be a wee beastie or a. It might be a. It looks very similar to a Lagavulin eight year old I've got. Oh, I. I got a lovely ball. One of the greatest presents my wife ever gave me. So every year you get, we get a. You know, we try and do the anniversary presents, and each year you're meant to try and get something which relates to that year, and they oh, give yeah, you different, yeah, um, different materials and things. Anyway, the eight—I don't know what happened in year eight, but she decided to give me an eight-year-old bottle of Lagavulin. I'm like, that's the best present by far, <laughs> and it's fabulous. It's eight glass, maybe. It's—I don't. It could be. It might be. It might be. I can't remember what I got her, and it was clearly unmemorable because I don't think she's got it anymore. But I've still got the bottle of eight-year-old, and it was very, (laughs) very good. Uh, We've been married now thirteen years. So you've had that bottle for five years. Yeah, and it's well, it's it's very, it's nice. Not the alcoholic behavior we expect on this podcast. Well, (laughs) 
you should see the collection, which has grown a little bit. And for and at the last time I invited people over to try and get rid of some of it, they all stupidly brought bottles of whiskey. So I ended up with we more. We promise at the end that of the when evening. we record a podcast in your house, yeah. you're welcome we to do won't that. Take any whiskey, and we'll just pull it from your shelves. Yeah. That's fine. Don't bring any, please, because we need to drink <laughs> some. Um, uh, yeah, the the birth, the aforementioned birthday where there was the fire pits. Yeah, so there was quite a lot of whiskey that was brought around as gifts, which was lovely. I mean, very, very generous of lots of people I know. But it just means there's more stuff cluttering up there. <laughs> I had, a, I had a night when I had a few friends around and we, it was essentially was the kind of thing I was trying to get rid of some whiskey. I've got a bit of a rule now because I've got so much in the house that I cannot open a new bottle until I kill a bottle. Mm-hmm. I opened three uh, bottles today. Uh, I did not kill any bottles today. So I've broken my rule already, but I took some friends around and oh, we had one of the most stupid nights I've had in recent memory <laughs> where I, I was falling off chairs in the grass the neighbour was coming out asking if I was okay I was like ah, I'm fine uh, I ordered McDonald's at one point um, which I forgot about until someone was like phoning me and hammering on the door and, <laughs> and then I sent a picture to a friend of mine where it was two because I'd ordered like an idiot two double quarter pounders with cheese stuck together stacked on top of each other and I tried to take a bite it was a dumb night so yeah you have to be careful with nights like that because mm. they can go south real fast <laughs> I think I phoned my dad. No. <laughs> you didn't tell him about the incident with the lemonade. Oh, I didn't bring it up. I mean, uh, that wasn't me that did that. That was, that was never me. No, no, no. I was, I was the golden child. Like I said, I'm the favourite. Right, how are we thinking about this whiskey? Yeah, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to fight the urge that it is Kalula because I feel like I don't want to commit to either Dram 1 or Dram 2 being... A supermarket dram and typically right. you don't get Kalila in a supermarket typically so when we say a supermarket dram that means you can get it in you can buy it in, a supermarket. in Sainsbury's or Asda or Tesco or Lidl or yeah. Waitrose there's a lot of really good quality whiskeys that you can buy in, 100%. in a supermarket I was and wondering whether or not it was you're talking about supermarket brand no 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 so it's fine. it's um Ajura is a supermarket. Oh, yeah, I had typical. an interesting conversation. Don't, with don't, don't talk to me about Ajura. My mother and I had a, a weird answer today. I uh, went around to do some work for her in her house, and she was saying that she had bought a whiskey that she didn't think was a supermarket whiskey, but I would have classed as one. Right. And that was the Morlock 12. That's not a supermarket. So whiskey. I would have classed that, but maybe Why? because I'm thinking core range. Yeah, so there's a difference between core range and supermarket. Typically, where you, what supermarket are you walking into on any given day? Probably none. And finding a Mortlach. Probably none. Right. But we have whiskey that is more interesting than core range most of the time. Yeah. And more like I think because it's core range, I would, I would take, I would, I would have classed that as one. Yeah, that I, shouldn't I be much of a. I mean, I'll be candid about this before we get to it but i have bought the supermarket whiskey for this in a supermarket and the other two no right Mm. so if you've bought it in a supermarket it is a supermarket i'm gonna let so before we get to the ranking part of this charles we need to confirm the people that you are drinking it with is basically a group of friends that you used to see lots that now in life you see from time to time and those moments are special because they're rare but they are intentional Mm. And you've got a range, you've got a cupboard that you open the doors to and people can pick their poison. I think it's beautiful. Damn yeah, right. I think it's beautiful. Great. Okay, time to rank. And we always Start get our guest first from favorite to least favorite. Uh, well, 
Put number two as the least favourite, please. I thought we might get them. Okay. This is very nice. Number three is delicious. Yeah. Um, I think... I think my younger self would have ranked this one higher. Mm-hmm. But I think now I would perhaps rank the first one higher. So I'm going to go one, three, two, but only just... One and three, very close, very close. two, a distant third. Two, not even in the picture. Right. Amazingly, I fully agree with that. And I I have got number one first, although that is typically what I would pick. Yeah, I thought I was going to get you with that. I would typically pick that, but number one was something really good. This is delicious. It really is number three. It's lovely. Yep. I, and I'm convinced that's a Kalula. And I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to to spring on us that number one is some <laughs> supermarket some cheap shit that like has been like made in 15 minutes it's with Ribena. It's the Okintoshin, isn't it? No, um, I think one for me is the one that I enjoyed the most. It was this the is, booziest. Think, yeah, it, it was definitely the booziest. It that's why. had so much going on. Um. I think that that plays into my wheelhouse much more. Number two, it's smoky. It's very pale. It has to be a Kalula. It, it has to be. Um, and then number two was my last one, which I'm convinced is a Lindor's Oloroso, which you cannot get in a supermarket either. So I'm very confused. I think number two could be something like a King's Barnes, something really young. Yeah. So but, what do you think is the supermarket one? Uh, number two. Number two is supermarket. Uh, but I, no, well... Yes, yeah, I think I I want to think that number two right. is a supermarket, but I have a sneaking suspicion that because this is this number three is beautiful and it's really I think it's classy, yeah, and I think it's quite simple, so yeah. I think it could be the supermarket number three. That's what I'm getting. So I'm going to commit to number three being the supermarket because I feel it's the most simplistic, and I feel like if it's not a Kalila, I think it could be Ardbeg. It's definitely Iowa. Okay. Is where I'm going to settle. So I'm going to say number three is a supermarket, which is the middle one. Uh, and I'm sticking to something. Oloroso is number two. I've got Lindor's, but it might not be. I have a bonus question. Oh, God. One of them's not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> which one of these is not Scottish? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> I should have seen Scottish. this coming. I do this so many times. <laughs> He's done right. this to me so many times. So non Scottish is number two. Is it, uh, okay, are we talking UK so, here? I think two then is the supermarket one because it's non-Scottish and you've picked this up and it's different. So I, I'm changing my mind. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Cameron. <laughs> now I'm committing. Three is the supermarket. Two's Oloroso. One is the best. Okay, that's where I'm going. Which, one? which one's not Scottish? Um, mm. Two. Number one. Number one's not Scottish. Hmm. It's really good. Interesting. Okay. Well, boys. Some We've of you got some got stuff right. Nothing wrong. Some of you got some stuff right. Some of you got some stuff wrong. Uh, I'll just talk through what we've got in our glasses here. Uh, number one was a Scotch whiskey mm. um, from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Mm. A single cask. SMWS 72113, 14 years old, Speyside Milton Duff Distillery. Wow. Called Fruity and Floral with Faint Fizz. 
lemon-scented yellow roses and cornflower meadows, Bellini, rainbow drops, candy corns, beach scene with ice cream. 54%. Yeah, yeah you could chase that. There, yeah. Yeah. It was boozy. Number two was our supermarket special <gasps> from the great nation of Japan. Oh, really? Wow. Tenjaku. Non-age statement. Yep. Bought out at Sainsbury's. Faint smoke, pear blossom, and plump sultana, banana bread, and thick custard. 40%. And I, also, you did say it's above 40, but it's not Is cast it strength. Yeah, yeah, it's just bang on 40. Right, right okay. There, yeah. What was it? Was it anywhere near Oloroso? Or have I made that up? Potentially. There's very little information right, okay, on, that, uh, on that uh, <laughs> bottle, to be honest. Just assume it is. <laughs> And the last one is a blend, but it isn't Isla blend. It is uh, Big Pete, Douglas Wang's is Big it? Pete. It? And it's a mix of Ardbeg, Kalila, Port Ellen, and Bowmore. Um, <laughs> and you'll be getting Soot Ash, Beach yep. Brine, and very phenolic. Um, 46%. Mm. Nice. It's lovely. Nice. And it's a cracking one. Yeah, that's, that's the one I bought today, you know, to be honest. It, it's I, not. I, I can. There's been times I've been a bit of a snob about it. Oh, I'm not buying a blend. But actually, you see that a lot, the Big Pete. Yes. Kicking around and actually. Big Pete's great. I know, I know it's one of Paul Whitson, one of our uh, yeah. contributors' favorites. I think that the peated blends are better because the peat flavor is what catches you and everything behind it is just what elevates that peatiness. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, I feel like sometimes if you get a Space Side and a Lowlands, you're getting two very different whiskies and you're blending them together mm. in a way that you think it makes sense and it gets very complex in your mouth that is a great is. hip flask whiskey yeah, 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 yeah i'll be filling the hip flask tomorrow or well, tonight actually and packing it in the bag for going up to fish namara tomorrow yep well there you go thank you to charles Patterson for joining us ultimately charles your dream drumming experience was a whiskey that tastes like chocolate nuts and fruit something between a lafroy px and a macallan sienna Drank outdoors on Kerr-Vague Beach with a bonfire in front of you early evening on a summer's day. And you're joined by friends that you used to see often, but these days see less. But ultimately, they've got the offering of whatever whiskey they want. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, that's Sounds pretty good. good. That's beautiful. a good life. Well, there you go. Thank you for listening to The Sipping Point. Uh, I'm away to slap Angus because he's giving me massive drams and I'm a bit drunk now. <laughs> but there you go. We'll be back again very soon. Until next time, Slangeva.